listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Aaron. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. It is Hymnapalooza. The whole month of July is Hymnapalooza. We are doing four episodes all about hymn nerdery because why not? <laughs> why not? We also have a fantastic giveaway going on right now in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge Facebook group. So if you're not in that group, you're going to want to be there, especially if you're a hymn nerd. We have a great giveaway going on. We have awesome stuff from Concordia Publishing House, a couple pocket hymnals, Mm. a couple of uh, Stephen Starkey books, which Mm. you all know my love of Stephen Starkey hymns, and Walther's hymnal. So really great Hymn Nerdery giveaway from CPH and also Jesse Bell, our fellow Lutheran ladies, has some some legit hashtag hymn nerd swag. So are oh, we disqualified from that giveaway? Yeah, but uh, I'll, give, I'll give you a sticker anyway. OK, have a Sharpie we also right have <laughs> our hashtag hymn nerd stickers, which you're going to want to get your hands on. They're they're wonderful. They're so, cute. Get over to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge Facebook group. Get in on that giveaway. It's going to be super fun. So today we have our second in our series of four of Hymn Nerd episodes. And this one's going to be super duper fun because it's a Rachel's Trivia Challenge without the trivia. Um, no, without the challenge. Oh, without the challenge. It's still a trivia. Chocker box full of trivia. Just no challenge. <laughs> None. <laughs> Okay, Rachel, I'm I am all in for this. Let's 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 do it. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Sarah. This was more fun than a person ought to be allowed to have with just a hymn on a laptop computer. Mm. What I have put together, because our Lutheran service book, uh, I, all hymnals are wonderful. I mean, almost all hymnals are wonderful, but this one <laughs> I have been a huge fan of since the first day I saw it and flipped through it because it is just so well done. And it is so mm-hmm. full of Uh, wonderful and actually surprising things. So for this episode of Rachel's Trivia Challenge Without the Challenge, I present to you a list of 11 things you may not have known were in Lutheran Service Book. Number 10 might surprise you. (laughs) That sounds like clickbait to me. (laughs) I'm here for it. Yes, you are. (laughs) By, By choice, in fact. Excellent. All right, so we're just going to jump right in here. Things that are in Lutheran service book that you might not have known about. Number one, the planet Jupiter. Yes! Yes. We all know and love Stephen Starkey's hymn setting of the Te Deum, We Praise You and Acknowledge You, LSB 941. The tune for a lot of people may sound vaguely familiar, but for classical music nuts, it's like, woo! Sorry, I just max out levels. Um, That's okay. (laughs) He does it all the time. I get the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> it's like opening the hymnal and discovering like Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You is there. You know, a, a piece that is so well known and loved. This was written by Gustav Holtz as part of his orchestral suite, The Planets. Yes. Um, and this was the piece that represented Jupiter, king of the gods. And later he adapted it to work with poetic texts and gave it the name Thaxted, which was the town he grew up in. Cool thing. Oh, I wondered where that name came from. Yeah, I always thought that he had like pulled this folk tune from history and reworked it into the planets. No, tune came out of his own head and he later he later named it Thaxted. And That's then it was great. his his buddy, Ray Fun Williams, yes. no surprises there, 
who first used it as a hymn tune in 1926. So kudos to Pastor Starkey for pulling this wonderful tune out and giving us a chance to sing it. If anyone wants to write more hymn texts to go with Gustav Holst's Thaxted, you have my thanks in advance. I love that tune. (laughs) All right. Number two in our hymnal, things that might surprise you. Not one, but four honest-to-goodness Johann Sebastian Bach chorales, like pulled straight from him. Now, if you are like me, a moderately accomplished but by no means professional church accompanist, you will know these four hymns because they're the ones that you stumble across and you wish you had like two extra fingers and were maybe (laughs) ambidextrous because the settings are more complicated than just about any others in the book. They are... LSB 378, Break Forth, O Beauteous Heavenly Light. Yes. Uh, 449, O Sacred Head Now Wounded. Beautiful. 546, O Jesus So Sweet. And 657, A Mighty Fortress. Now, yeah. if you are a choir director looking to phone it in for the day, these are the four you should start with if you don't start with <laughs> We Praise You and Acknowledge You. <laughs> because they make wonderful i mean they were written to be sung by four-part choirs and so if you have a chance to sing one of them as a choir it's a wonderfully moving experience and not just moving because the bass and alto lines never sit still it's true some of the best bass lines in the hymnal Mm -hmm. because absolutely and altos (laughs) okay number three on our list of things that might surprise you in the Lutheran hymnal. This was the the name that started this whole adventure for me. And that is Arthur, yes, that one, Sullivan. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. Yeah, Arthur Sullivan. I mentioned him in the podcast for Black History Month. Mm -hmm. And you were like, that is the Arthur Sullivan. And I was totally clueless. (laughs) Yeah, Arthur Sullivan. You better, you know him better as the Sullivan from Gilbert and Sullivan. (laughs) <laughs> responsible for such wonderful light opera operettas as uh, the Pirates of Penzance and the Mikado and HMS Pinafore. He wrote the tunes for two of our hymns, 748, I'm But a Stranger Here, and 662, Onward Christian Soldiers. Yes. And once you begin to hear the connection, you will never unhear it. Because when I hear onward the baseline to Onward Christian Soldiers, all I can think of is with cat-like tread. And I just want to fill in the gaps with ta-dun, ta-da, ta-dun, ta-da, ta-dun, ta-da. Anyway, it's, just, it's wonderful. And I, I think it's a great example of how uh, no matter what your day job is, you can contribute beautiful art to the church um, because he totally did. That is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) I love this. Number four, a ton of other classical music greats. You may think that only uh, churchy people write hymn hymn tunes, but a lot of really well-known composers wrote tunes that either were intended as hymn tunes or were later retrofitted for hymn tunes. So we have a really high caliber of classical music in the hymnal, including, obviously, Ray Fun Williams, who's yes. like credited with half the tunes in the hymnal. Um, <laughs> he did a lot, of, a lot of the retrofitting, actually, of creating music for the church. You also have Thomas Tallis of the uh, English Renaissance, in All Praise to Thee, My God This Night, number 883. You have Henry Purcell of the English Baroque period, 
who wrote the tune for In His Temple Now Behold Him and O Holy Spirit Enter In. Mm -hmm. You have Franz Joseph Haydn, yes, Papa Haydn, <laughs> who wrote the tune that is used with Glorious Things of You Are Spoken, number 648. Jan Sibelius, his masterwork, Finlandia, is the tune for Be Still My Soul, 752. Of course, Felix Mendelssohn wrote the tune for Hark the Herald Angels Sing, but also, yeah. lesser known, Grant Peace We Pray in Mercy, Lord, yes. number 777. I love, love that hymn. Yeah. with that right now. Yeah. Give <laughs> me a minute. Hold on. It's one stanza. You can do it. I promise. Okay. Oh, you want me to sing it? No, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Memorize it right now, Rachel. Memorize it. Memorize it. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just did it. I can I mean, sing it. Once you memorize the title, you've memorized like half the hymn. So right, exactly. there's no it's excuses. What's it's the a title beautiful hymn. Grant peace Grant we pray and mercy, Lord. Okay. <laughs> what, wait, what? Grant peace we pray and mercy, Lord. I'm gonna need more time. Please continue. <laughs> yeah. And it's got like three commas just in the title alone, which is yeah, right. you know, great for <laughs> punctuation lovers. Number seven seventy seven, so you can't forget it. Right. And then, of course, who can ignore Ludwig von Beethoven's wonderful Ode to Joy, which shows up not only in Joyful Joyful, 803, but in the Easter hymn, Alleluia, Hearts to Heaven, which I love. I, to be able to sing Ode to Joy during the Easter season is a great gift, and I'm totally very grateful good. for it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whew. All right. I think we're done with the classical music for now. For now. It was like a whole sub subsection of our non-challenging <laughs> trivia challenge. Moving on to part two. <laughs> Phase part two. two. Phase two. Eleven things you may not have known were in the LSB. Number five. Texts and tunes from people who aren't German, Scandinavian, or Timothy Dudley Smith. <laughs> Sarah laughs. She gets the joke. <laughs> Timothy Dudley Smith, of course, being an Anglican hymn writer who is in a bunch of hymns that you might uh, see in the hymnal. He wrote like everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How so? We obviously this you know the the Lutheran heritage is very strongly rooted in German and Scandinavia. You know, uh, Norwegian, Swedish the cultures. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of hymns that come out of that. But no, no way is that the whole hymnal. If mm -mm. you scan through, you will see hymns coming out of the Irish and the Gaelic, out of the Basque, the French, Russian, African-American, Latin American, Brazilian, Kenyan, Hebrew, one tune is Hebrew, uh, mm -hmm. Tanzanian, Jamaican. Yes. I just want to po point out two on this list. Come Let Us Eat, LSB 626, was written by Billa Maquilia, who is a Liberian Christian woman, and it's it's lovely to see her represented there. Yes. And then Greet the Rising Sun, LSB oh, 871, yeah. was written by Chinese Christian Zhao Zichen. And the beautiful thing about this hymn, you'll sing it and you'll think, that's kind of strange. I've never heard a tune quite like that before. And then you realize he wrote it with a pentatonic scale the, yep. following the Asian musical conventions. And it's just gorgeous. It's uh, amazing. We've, we've sung it like twice in the last month at our church, and I like it better each time. Yes. So it is a truly international collection of hymn texts and tunes, and you can see a lot of different voices represented. Number six. This one may be a little controversial. 
Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> because there is a sizable contingent among us who are not comfortable with anything that's too Catholic. Oh, no. Mm. However, there is a collection, a sub-collection of really wonderful hymns that come to us from Catholic saints. So oh, sorry, yeah. folks out there. <laughs> Number one on this list would be St. Patrick, I bind unto myself today, LSB 604. St. Columba, who founded the monastery of, at Iona in uh, Scotland. Christ is the world's redeemer, LSB 539. Such a good one. I know. St. Bernard, not the dog, the saint. St. Bernard of Clairvaux. Like talented beast. <laughs> Wrote the texts for both O Sacred Head Now Wounded, one of my favorite wow. Holy Week hymns, and O Jesus King Most Wonderful. Mm. Yes. LSB 449 slash 450 and 554. Saint, mm -hmm. this one really surprised me because we don't agree with this guy on a whole lot of theological stuff. Saint nice. Thomas Aquinas mm. <laughs> has two hymns in the hymnal. Now My Tongue, The Mystery Telling, LSB 630. And thee we adore, O hidden Savior Lord, LSB 640. Both solid hymns. So even, even people whose theology is a little wonky by Lutheran standards can, on a good day, write a wonderful hymn. Yes. <laughs> and finally, we have one honest-to-goodness pope in our hymnal, Pope yes. Gregory I, a.k.a. St. Gregory the Great, who wrote the text for Father, We Praise Thee, LSB 875. Yes. Gregory I was a pretty cool guy. Look him up. Did a lot of groundbreaking stuff. Uh, you can thank him for our calendar, I believe, the Gregorian calendar. Mm. So ah, yeah. he did more than write one good hymn. All right, moving on. We're actually making good progress here. I'm very happy nice. with this. I like it. <laughs> Number seven on our list of things you may not have known were in the hymnal. This one you may have known, but may not have appreciated it as much as you could have. <laughs> Dudes with Greek and Latin names writing really, really old hymns. Yes. Yes. I love yes. Those are some of the best ones. They, they always surprise me when I see them. These ridiculously early dates. I'm talking here like prior to AD 400. Yes. Um, while we can still call the church the early church. And there's a whole a whole group of them that were written like between the fifth and the ninth century. We have a whole lot of really old hymns in here. And I think that's great. It really allows us to feel like we're part of this legacy of the church going all the way back mm -hmm. to the mm -hmm. earliest days. And to know that these have really been time tested, uh, wonderful lyrics for us to sing. Um, so on this list, we have Father, We Thank Thee, LSB 652, which was taken from the text of uh, some text in the Didache, which is a second century book of teachings of the apostles. That's uh, super so early. I know. <laughs> <laughs> One of the oldest hymns in the hymnal, and this really surprised me, was by Clement of Alexandria, who lived from uh, approximately 170 to 220 AD. And that is Shepherd of Tender Youth, huh. LSB 864. I know, I look at it and I assume it was written by some Victorian, you know, <laughs> poet who was trying to fix the, you know, juvenile delinquents of his day. Yeah. But no, this one goes all the way back to the earliest days of the church. Huh. One of my favorites... This was actually a hymn that was at my wedding. 
LSB 384, of the Father's love begotten, text comes from Aurelius Prudentius Clemens, who lived from 348 to 413. I just love that hymn so much. It's so good. Uh Uh-huh. We've got Synesius of Cyrene from 365 to 414 AD. Lord Jesus, think on me, LSB 16. And then no list of dudes with Greek and Latin names who wrote (laughs) old hymns would be complete without Ambrose of Milan, who lived from 340 to 397 and Mm. wrote one of my husband's favorite hymns, Savior of the Nations Come. Oh, that's a good one. He also wrote, O splendor of God's glory bright and O blessed light, O Trinity. You can always tell the Latin people or the people who are trying to sound like the Latin people because there's a lot of O's, not O-H, just O. (laughs) Because in Latin, they have the vocative voice. And the only Mm. way to translate that is to put an O in front of it. (laughs) So it shows up a lot. Okay, we're going from one end of church history all the way to the other for number eight in our list of things that are in the hymnal that might surprise you. And this is people alive today whom I actually know or have corresponded with in real life. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who, who, who we can send this podcast to and they can listen to it. And promote Excellent. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this is not an exhaustive list because I don't know everyone. There are lots of lots of wonderful hymn writers and composers living today that I don't know. This is a this is an, an inexhaustive list of people that I do know. So whenever people say that the hymnal is all uh, hymns that are 500 years old and nothing new or fresh, you can pull out this list because mm-hmm. despite having all those ancient hymns, we've got some really wonderful, good, fresh mm. stuff in here. So here's a non-exhaustive list that is very selfishly concocted of people that I actually kind of maybe know a little bit. They may not know I know them, but I know them. I was, gonna, I was waiting. I was waiting for that. <laughs> That's not creepy at all, right? Not. I wouldn't be okay. It's it's hashtag Lutheran famous. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lutheran bingo. You know, and Lutheran. if if you hear your name on this list and you're like Rachel, who? Uh, call me up because apparently I want to know you. <laughs> Fangirl here, right here. So our list: Stephen Starkey. Yes, may or may not be in a neck and neck race with Martin Luther for the most hymn texts in the hymnal. <laughs> it's <Nice>. close. <laughs> Mark Bender, Gifford Grobian, Chad Bird, Kurt von Kampen, Gracia Grindahl, Kenneth Koshy, uh-huh. Philip Magnus, husband Woo! to my dear friend Cheryl, Henry Gerke, living legend, <laughs> Kevin Hildebrand, Richard Rush, and... <laughs> The greatest college choir director ever, Jeffrey Blursch, uh, <laughs> who provided him settings or tunes for four different hymns in our hymnal. Maybe you also know people in the hymnal that aren't on this list. Flip through. As Sarah reminded us in the previous episode, look at those little fine print at the bottom of the page and you will be just blown away by what jumps out at you. You too may find yourself going, oh, I know him mm. <laughs> or her. <laughs> And it's just awesome to feel connected to the hymns that we sing, knowing that this is a living book that will continue to live and grow into future generations. There's always room for another good hymn in the hymnal. It's true. Yep. I mean, not this hymnal, but like the next one, whenever it comes out. (laughs) The next one that's going to be like 10 volumes. 
Because there's so many. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> there's so many hymns. Yes. That's your wish. I love it. I wish there'd be a 10-volume hymn. <laughs> we love our hymns. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Number Make nine on our list of things you may not have known were in the LSB. Big names, like big, big names from the history of literature. This one is my English major um, nerdy moment because uh, there are a few names on here. One of them, the Venerable Bede, yes. the uh, famous English historian who showed up in our All Saints episode. He wrote mm-hmm. the words for LSB 493, A Hymn of Glory Let Us Sing. You know, the one where you're always tripping over the alleluias at the end? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's Bede. I love him. Love it. We've also got Peter Abelard, who's equally famous for his groundbreaking scientific treatises and his love letters to Heloise. Um, He wrote the text for 675, Oh, What Their Joy. Oh, I love that one. (laughs) (laughs) This one's a little obscure. Not everyone who doesn't have an English degree has heard of William Cowper, who mm-hmm. was a very, a, who was an extremely influential early romantic poet. So if you like Shelley and Byron and Coleridge and Wordsworth and all those, they were all reading William Cowper. Huh. And he wrote the hymn text, God Moves in a Mysterious Way, <laughs> LSB 765, which actually fits pretty well into the romantic mold if you've got mysteries happening in the title already you're probably there um (laughs) we all know that francis scott key wrote the star-spangled banner our national anthem but he also wrote a wonderful hymn that we could call the b track to the star-spangled banner which is lsb 966 before you lord we bow yes We've also got a trans. This one's a translation. He didn't actually write the write the hymn text, but as we've discussed Count. before, translating is a legitimate art. Count. Yes. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Yes. You may know him from uh, the Song of Hiawatha, by mm. the shores of Gitche etc. Uh, mm. He translated the text for six seventy nine. Oh, how blessed are they! And I have not yet analyzed that text, but I'm sure if you read through it, you'll see all sorts of tells because he had a very idiomatic way of writing poetry and that would be fun. Fun paper to write at some point. (laughs) Then, of course, we've talked about this in our uh, spirituals episode. James Weldon Johnson, well-known figure of the Harlem Renaissance, wrote Mm -hmm. the text for LSB 964, Lift Every Voice and Sing. Yep. So there's not only great classical music in here, there's also great literature. And it's it's a beautiful thing for anyone who's interested in history, music, or or literature to go through and sort of see how this ties in to all those other famous things that you've read about. Yes. Speaking of which, I did promise number 10 might surprise you. Yes. Oh boy. We've made it to number 10. Yes. So number 10 in our list of 10. <laughs> <laughs> 10 things in the Lutheran service book that may surprise you, and this one definitely surprised me, would be pre-Reformation reformers who set things on fire and or were set on fire themselves. <laughs> Your face is in the video. Like it, love it, awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Oh my goodness. Fire. Yeah, I've got I've got two names on this little sub list here. And there could be more. I just had, I ran out of time. Um, (laughs) 
Jan Hus, of course, was a uh, Bohemian preacher who was preaching things sort of similar to what Luther would do a hundred years later, but just yep. sort of wrong time, wrong place. Mm, yeah, uh, and he ended up burned at the stake for heresy. Yep. Yes, but his his hymn text, "Jesus Christ, Our Blessed Savior," six twenty seven. Such a good um, one. Yes, and Sarah, I think you've said that in reaction uh-huh. to every hymn that's been dropped today. Like, that's a good one, or that's my favorite, or I love that one. <laughs> you know who else loved this hymn? Martin Luther, because the German version was translated by him. Even though Hus, Luther didn't agree with absolutely everything Hus ever wrote or stood for, he was a huge fan and was a, a key factor in this hymn being passed on to us today. So that's awesome. The other person I want to point out, and this was this was having just studied Renaissance history Joan with my, what's that? I was trying to make a guess. I forgot it's not trivia. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, what's your guess? Because I may have to add to this list in a future version. right at all. <laughs> I was thinking all of a sudden, I was like, Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc was burned. Joan of Arc. I don't know if she wrote any hymns, but now I'm like scooting into the index here to see. I'm pretty sure she's not there. I don't yeah, think so. I think she like, famous lady. I feel like we would have known up, that yeah. by now. If she hadn't like died so young, maybe she would have gotten yeah. around to writing some hymns. Perhaps and they had been good ones. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's the real answer. Okay. The, so this is this is uh, one of, again, a little obscure, but my goodness, I just about jumped out of my skin when I saw this name in our hymnal. Girolamo Savonarola. <gasps> yeah, I have no idea who that is. Yeah, I don't know who okay. that is. <laughs> <laughs> Blank faces. Have you ever heard the phrase bonfire of the vanities? Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> Savonarola was a Catholic revivalist preacher whose preaching inspired what was what came to be known as the Bonfire of the Vanities, which has been used in a variety of contexts since then. His preaching, he came to Florence and apparently set fire to the hearts of all the people there, hmm. uh, telling them what a bunch of revival sinners they were. <laughs> um, so supporters of Savonarola, who was a Dominican friar, collected and burned thousands of quote-unquote vanities. That is to say, objects that were not in keeping with the way of living their faith. So this included a lot of books, (gasps) artwork, fancy clothes, cosmetics. Oh, boy. They burned their makeup, people. Ooh, hmm. yikes. This took place on, sh- on Shrove Tuesday because all sorts of fun things happen <laughs> right before Lent starts. He burnt a poonchki. I'm going to rage. <laughs> that ain't right. That ain't right. It's not, I haven't seen an official account of him burning a poonchki, but Oof. it's sort of in keeping with the little vibe of the build event. A time machine. <laughs> Go back to that time, punch him in the face, and then come back to 2021. Yeah, well, yeah, take the poonchki out of his hands and eat it on the way back. <laughs> don't worry, Brie. I don't, I think the Pope had you covered there because <laughs> as what often happens when uh, rogue churchmen go around telling everybody how corrupt and worldly the church is. Uh-oh. He ran afoul of mm. the religious authorities, was excommunicated in uh, on May 13th, 1497, hmm. and under Pope Alexander VI, and was hung on a cross and burned to death. 
in May of 1498. Like they really didn't want him saying that. So, but stories like this, of course, make me even more in awe of the way God protected Martin Luther. Because Mm -hmm. if you look at all the people who tried to change things for the better before Luther, they all came to grisly ends and their movements petered out. Yeah, Um, it's not that far. So crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Luther's story um, is just wild. And it yeah, really, really is. <laughs> oh. So yes, Girolamo, Bonfire of the Vanities, Savarun- Savonarola. No, Savonarola. What is wrong with me in Italian names? I don't understand. Savagranola. <laughs> wrote the text for LSB 423, Jesus, Refuge of the Weary. And I really I love that one. Oh, See? Contagious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got one more to go. Number 11. Number 10 you- surprised you. Number 11, if you are a Lutheran lady, should not surprise you. Oh, God. Number 11. I want you to know number 11. <laughs> it goes to 11. This makes me so happy. It goes to 11. Goes to 11. Yes. <laughs> number 11 is one bona fide Lutheran lady reformer. We've been looking for them, people. And I found one in our hymnal, hiding in plain sight. Sarah, take note, because this might be a story you have to cover later. Okay. Elizabeth Krusiger, LSB 402, the only son from heaven. I love that one. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) So Elizabeth von Meseritz was born in eastern Pomerania, lived, uh, became a nun as a young child, and you know the story. Uh, discovered the religious ideas of the Reformation through through Johannes Bugenhagen. Yes, I love that Bugenhagen. name so much. Bugenhagen, Bugenhagen oh, is a chant, basically. There you go, Left- you're in Bugenhagen. <laughs> yeah, we need to beatbox with Bugenhagen. <laughs> Left the Abbey and moved to Wittenberg in 1522. Married theologian Kaspar Krusiger, who was a student and assistant to Martin Luther, and. Her daughter actually ended up marrying Luther's son, Johannes, which is what? pretty cool and romantic. Uh, and then her bingo from the 1500s. Mm. I know. And her son, Caspar <laughs> Krusiger, succeeded, took over for Philip Melanchthon after Philip Melanchthon retired, which is nice. I think that's that's a that's quite a legacy. But unlike a lot of the ladies of the Reformation, we don't just know who she was married to and who her kids were. We also know what she believed and what she confessed because of this wonderful hymn, 402. Let me grab the words out so we can just hear a little bit of our Lutheran lady foremother and what Such she has epiphany to say. Hymn. Epiphany hymns are some of the, I probably say this about all of them too. Yeah, epiphany you, hymns you are do. so good. Yeah. <laughs> they are some of the best ones out there. They're some of right. the best ones. Mm-hmm. So among with all of the rest of them, they're uh, some every of the best single ones. One. They're all some of the best ones. And you're not wrong. <laughs> no, they're all some of the best ones. It's true. So LSB 402, the only son from heaven. The only son from heaven foretold by ancient seers, by God the Father given, in human form appears. No sphere his light confining, no star so brightly shining as he, our morning star. And it mm. goes on for a couple more stanzas like that. So yeah, Lutheran ladies have been smart cookies, smart, faithful cookies from the beginning. Um, and I'm really grateful for her. So that's number 11. We made it. We made it to the end of our list. Hopefully at least one of the items on that list surprised you. If not, I anoint you massive winner of the hymn nerdery. Sarah, Sarah, 
Sarah, I didn't know all of that stuff. Yeah, but you knew more than both of me Uh and Aaron's combined. Okay, Sarah, how did I actually surprise you? Did I stump you? I mean, I don't know some of the names that you were bringing up. I did know a lot of it, but that's okay. Yeah, you did. You did. (laughs) (laughs) You knew the basic gist. That the hymnal is full of good music, good poetry, that it connects into history, that it goes all the way back and comes all the way forward. I didn't know Cowper. it goes all the way around the world. Or that other name, the really long name. Or the the fire of vanities thing bonfire. Look that up. It's a it's a trippy moment in church history. Trippy. We should have a lot of those. Should have had a stump Sarah episode. (laughs) Oh, you know what? That's gotta happen. Put on the spot. I won't know anything. Suddenly, you'll forget everything. I will forget (laughs) all things. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) To sum up, Lutheran hymn writers like Lutherans in general, look a lot of different ways. We like to say that. And Mm -hmm. it's true, especially when you flip through the hymnal. They come from all over history and all around the world. Many of them may not, looking at you, St. Thomas Aquinas, may not even consciously identify as Lutheran, despite (laughs) having written texts that jive really well with Lutheran doctrine, or tunes, Ludwig von Beethoven, that jive perfectly with those Lutheran hymn texts. Some of those hymn writers like to set makeup on fire. (laughs) St. Granola. (laughs) (laughs) Yet, thanks to the careful theological work and the frankly enormous and very generous imaginations of the uncredited team of people who put our hymnal together, and I looked, they're not credited. I know some of the people who were involved, but Mm -hmm. I can't find their names anywhere in the hymnal. Thanks to those people, and of course, the Lord, we have a beautiful, extremely varied, sometimes surprising, and ultimate, altogether remarkable collection of hymns to choose from in our worship. Mm. And to that, I can only say, ta-da, 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 ta-da. <laughs> I love it. That was excellent. Mm. Thank so you good. for blessing us with all of that knowledge, Rachel. Yes. Yet another mic drop. Mm-hmm. Half those hymns you will never be able to sing again without being like, oh, it's that mm. one. It's Pirates <laughs> of Penzance. <laughs> Hilarious. Rachel, that was super fun. We are all now even more enlightened about our our hymn nerderiness. And it's always fun to like just know more stuff about what we're singing because then it's more real to us too. And that makes it even more great. So... Ladies, if you have been stumped or you have commentary about some of these things that you may not have known were in your hymnal, we would love to hear it in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge group on Facebook or on our Instagram page at Lutheran Ladies Lounge. We do have that giveaway going on with some hymn nerdery items Mm. from Concordia Publishing House and from fellow Lutheran lady Jessie Bell. So... Get over there to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge group on Facebook. Find all of that stuff. Find all of our podcasts, including the other three episodes in our Hymnapalooza of July. These are super duper fun episodes. Find all of those episodes at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge or on your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I am going to kick St. Granola in the kneecaps. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Rachel.
Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies' Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Join our community on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge. Let me start that over again. You can do it.